All right, guys, today I get to interview Bree Singh, a absolute master of real estate here in California. He actually lives not too far from me. He is a mega team leader, number one in Sacramento, number three in the 33 in the state, um, current president of California Association of Realtors and future president of Sacramento Association of Realtors. Super excited, Breeze, to have you on the show. I know you're doing both residential and commercial. You're in production and you lead the team. There's so many things that you're doing. Pretty wild. Uh, take us into like, where did the real estate journey start for you? Uh, before that, Matt, I do want to correct that I'm not the current president of California Association of Realtor. I'm on um, the current vice chair for y YPN of California Association of Realtor and the uh, future, definitely, Sacramento Association of Realtors uh, present. And so I got into real estate eight years ago. Uh, I used to do, me and my brother, we had our business of uh, wholesale and distribution net, uh, of telecom products. And we had a network of 800 store owners and those store owners trusted us and they were pushing us to get into real estate because we were always helping them out, buy or sell a store. So that was our goal from day one to get into commercial side. Once we got into real estate, knock on wood, we have never looked back. In fact, uh, I actually sold my wholesale distribution business back in 2021 and made this my full-time uh, full-time career there's kind of always a debate between should i you know should i start a business should i go into real estate there's especially now it's all the rage to buy a business or start a business now you went from the opposite direction so having come to real estate from business why is real estate a better vehicle for you um real estate the way my comp my my, bro my brokerage has set me up is this is my own business. I'm not like uh, I'm not answerable to them or anything. Whatever I do, it's uh, it's on me. So this has been completely looked up for me. Like I'm looking at it as as a business side, and me and my brother, we both have masters in business administration from India. And uh, the day we landed in US, we opened up our first business, and we have always been in business. I can I've never worked under anybody, and I I don't think I can work under anybody. So I, I cannot have a boss on me. Did you did you come to the U.S. with money or how did you launch your first business? No, I did not come in the U.S. from money. In fact, my mom was supporting us from India. She had her own business in India. I come from a business family. She had her own business in India and she was earning in rupees and spending in dollars. She was like supporting us for like four or five months uh, straight up uh, until then, until our business started picking up and earning in rupees and spending in dollars is the worst thing that you can do because one rupee one dollar is equal to 80 rupees yeah plus exchange cost i'm sure too and and so was your first business the distribution business or or did you have a few businesses before that so i had two businesses uh before getting into real estate one was an international shipping business and the other one was the wholesale distribution business and they both kind of simultaneously started up my family has been in international shipping business all like uh, all their lives, and when I came here, I started uh, from scratch and in the international shipping business. That was my passion at that time. I still love it. It's still a very interesting part, but I think real estate is a bigger passion for me now. What was the big drive to come to the U.S.? Was it opportunity or opportunity? Definitely an opportunity because like uh, India is a good. It's a great country, and I grew up in New Delhi, which is like the capital of India, a very big metropolitan in the world. But uh, U.S., the opportunity is much better. Yeah. And and so once you got into real estate, you had the business background, you have the drive. 
how fast was it for you to find success in real estate? I got into real estate in 2015. I started selling properties in 2016 and 2018. I got my first award at my brokerage for being the top commercial agent. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty fast. And then as far as like building the team, like what did the team building journey look like? So me and my brother, we've always worked as a team from day one, like even other businesses. And uh, when we joined, I did tell my uh, broker about it too, that, hey, I want to do everything together. And he said, like, we are okay with that. I don't care about it. So we have been a team from day one with me and my brother. And our team name was uh, Team Singh. And uh, that's our last name. My and my brother's last name is Singh. So uh, we started doing uh, under that name and then 2018, I think one of our uh, clients from the uh, wholesale distribution business had a he had a uh, real estate license. He but he wasn't using it that actively, and he was uh, he's been licensed and as an agent for ten uh, more than ten years before us. But he actually reached out to us and he's like, "You guys motivate motivate me. Can I be on your team just to like you know keep myself motivated?" And that's how we got our first member. And uh, from there, did you start marketing for team le- teams or did it continue to grow organically? It kept on growing organically. I never marketed for like hiring, uh, we are hiring agents or anything, never. Not even one single advertisement for that. People just come and join me. In fact, I today itself, I had another agent who is a brand new agent, but he's very well connected. Um, he came into the office and he wanted to join my team Like, and most likely he will be. And I'm assuming being doing both the residential and the commercial has huge appeal to agents to join your team because you could show them both sides of the, of the business. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the biggest perks that uh, we can provide to my team members that they can learn about commercial and residential. There are not a lot of commercial agents. Uh, let's just let's just say uh, in California Association of Realtors, there are 217,000 agents. And out of those, I would say maybe a handful, 5 to 10% do commercial and the uh, the other thing that we are actually we have a niche is uh, business opportunity sales and even from commercial agents let's say another five to ten percent do business opportunity sales so we are like one of the two one of the few two thousand agents that can do uh, business opportunity sales so we have a very niche market yeah and and so for you do you do business opportunity and commercial and residential yep out of those three, if you could only carry one forward, which one would you do? Why can't why do why can't I carry all three of them? You, you can. I'm just curious. Another another way, like which one is your favorite? Like which one? Do you Fav- find my favorite is business opportunities because uh, they have a different challenge every time. Like it's not a single. First of all, it's like a wild wild west in commercial world, and then business opportunity is like completely uh, uncontrolled. And then every single uh, deal is a different challenge. And and so generally people think of residential as being, quote, the easiest because there's a lot of supply. It's a little bit, it's more, it's way more controlled, but it's way more understood too. Um, yeah. And then commercial being kind of the next level of up and then obviously business opportunity. So like, can you tell me like, what is the cycle like for business opportunities from the time you meet a business owner to the time you're transacting? How, how long does it take on average? What do the commissions look like? So business opportunity can be anything. It can be a, a, a dry cleaner pickup location or a dry cleaner, which can go for 
I think 40, 50,000 also. That's the lowest that I've ever done. And then it can be any gas station that involves the commercial property in, with it. But uh, the main component is the, uh, the business itself, the gas station business. So it depends on, again, it depends on uh, what type of business it is. Gas stations can have seen, they can go up to one and a half year also for a, for a transaction. For a transaction, not from meeting a client. It's just for the transaction. And for meeting a client, it can go up to two years. And that's the reason that a lot of residential agents don't want to be in in the business side because the commission check when which you are going to get can take up to two years to come in. And how are you going to support yourself during that time? Yeah. And so, so let's talk about the, so you got two years or so, but obviously it's probably a lot more, right? If someone's willing to wait two years. So kind of give us a breakdown. I mean, what do these sales generally look like on average and what do commissions look like? So the uh, the commercial sales are like let's say let's I'm just gonna take a gas station example. Right now, a very bad like badly kept gas station, a broken down gas station also whatever you want to call it. The basic price will be uh, like the starting price will be three million and it will sell like crazy. We have buyers who are lined up and they're just waiting for gas stations. Hey, can I like can you please find me a gas station? There's nothing to sell. It's such a hot property and the commission price, let's say for 3 million, uh, if it's a $3 million gas station, the commission price uh, commission will be from anything from five to 6%. So 150,000 to 180,000. Yeah. So that makes total sense why someone would do commercial. Like if you can get into a groove and be selling a decent volume of those, as long as you can weather the storms, as far as time put in too, you're probably not working nights. You're probably not working weekends. What is the life of a, of a biz op or a commercial realtor look like? You are not working nights, but you need to be ready for that too. Because uh, when you are going to do the inventory, like basically just the day before handing over the business to the new buyer, we have to do an inventory count and inventory counts are usually done in the night after the sale, like after the store is shut down. And that can take up to like a good three to four hours. So I've been at liquor stores and gas stations handing it over. And I was like, I got home, but back at, I got back at home at 4 a.m. in the morning. Wow. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. 
If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Wow. And then, and then you could sleep well knowing that you had a hundred fifty thousand dollar commission coming very, very soon. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And but the other thing is, uh, Saturday Sundays. Yeah, you don't have to work on Saturday Sundays. So let's talk about um, someone that's a residential agent that's really doing well. They're selling a lot of transactions and they're thinking about branching out into biz opportunity or commercial. How do they vet these brokerage? How do they vet a team? What questions should they be asking? What splits should they be thinking about? Or should they be thinking about splits at all? I wouldn't say think about the splits because when I joined my my brokerage, I didn't think about the split. I had to... I had to hire a mentor who can teach me the commercial world. And I think that was the money that I've spent very well, even though it was a pretty high split. Um, but I think that was the money well spent. And I learned a lot from that mentor. So firstly, if you are getting planning to dip your toes in, into the commercial world, absolutely, absolutely find a, com- a commercial agent who can mentor you because commercial in, in the commercial world there are no emotions involved and if you mess up you can very well expect a, a lawsuit against you very easily and in california with this is a sumi state they just need a reason that's it so obviously hire a mentor if you if you find a good mentor you can you can succeed well you can stay in this business for long term yeah and and so what do you do i mean obviously mentors for sure but what are other ways that you protect yourself from lawsuits Always, always make sure that whatever you feel is wrong, it is wrong. You go with the gut feeling. Uh, if you are, if you can make a simple buck, extra, extra buck, simple extra buck, don't look for that simple way, very honestly. Uh, I know it is hard to, uh, and you might think somebody might be down and he might need that extra money, but if it's meant to be, you will get it. Um, I've always looked out for my broker first. My goal is always making sure that his neck is safe because if he is safe, then I can work too. So that's the reason that my broker trusts me with my commercial deals. Like he does not have to like babysit me for those deals. Yeah. So always like be on top of your paperwork, be on top of uh, disclose pretty much everything. You don't have disclo- that many disclosures in commercial world as as you have in residential world. So be disclose pretty much every single fact that you find out even till the last day of the deal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you can save yourself. Complete disclosures. Yeah. Yeah, I know we, we faced a potential lawsuit years and years ago. And the thing that saved us for sure, even from getting into court, was just that we had written disclosure that they had signed knowing, knowing that we had told them what they were saying. So I'm assuming you probably want you to be more diligent on the commercial biz off side just documenting everything having everybody sign everything all the time every single document every single paperwork that you can uh, that you have been provided needs to be provided to the buyer side and make sure that uh, it has been recorded that they have been provided that so with all the gurus out there right now that are promoting BizOp and, and these types of things, do you think that's good? Do you think that might encourage people to uh, readily to run into this opportunity without you know, enough due diligence? The only thing that concerns me is brand new agents that are getting into BizOp side thinking that they can manage it is actually opening up a door for, for their own doom. 
like if they have a good mentor mentor or they have a good partner that can guide them i think that's a good idea but it and a lot of people think you know uh, i can do i can manage this myself i don't need anybody's help but sometimes that help can save you from future destruction yeah, in the form of lawsuits, et cetera. So exactly. you mentioned your time frame. When we're talking about these things, in addition to like having enough savings or a source of income to get you through, what what should the activity look like for someone going into that space? Like, you know, as far as phone calls or like, what are the, what's the activity to generate a large amount of business in those spaces? Every agent that we, that we have in residential agent, basically every residential agent has a client base uh, that has purchased houses from them a lot of people don't realize that this client base is making money from somewhere that not all of them are doing jobs some of them are doing businesses too and all we need to do is just talk to them just talk to them hey you know what i can do business uh, i can do business sales too i know about commercial if you ever need any help with commercial side i can help you out and because of that my business has always been un has it has always commercially i have not spent for commercial side i have not spent a single penny in marketing not even a single penny it not i have not even sent a single flyer out and i know i might be losing a lot of business because of uh, because of not doing that but i i have enough business that i i don't even get time to scratch my own head <laughs> so i'm getting all of that business 100% referral base on commercial side and i'm doing pretty good on the on that I just listed a property that's eleven million dollars, and I mean it's a it's a really good property too, and I'm pretty sure we can find uh, we'll find buyers easily. Yeah. And yeah. So, so so obviously it sounds like if you've got a good reputation, you're in businesses that that conversation is going to flow. So it's maybe not as much about heavy marketing spend; it's just about really being able to weather the storm. And because of how challenging it is to learn, because it's a more complicated industry and it's slower pay cycles, that's why you're talking a small fraction of the number of agents. Hundred percent. Um, basically, if you if somebody if a residential agent wants to jump into commercial side, I would suggest them to make sure that they are doing at least one transaction a month on residential side because that residential transaction is going to put the food on their table. Commercial is going to help them with their future. It's not going to put food on your table. It's going to help you with your future. Yeah. Unless and until you want to join a brokerage, which is like CBRE, GAL, like the big brands. And at that time, yes, you uh, you might get a, uh, a lot more commercial transaction. But remember, you will be uh, you will be dealing with, like you might be spreading up your commission with like three or four agents at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in residential, if someone says, hey, man, sell my house, no problem. I can pull up the MLS. I can run comms within minutes, sometimes within an hour, depending on how complicated the property is. I have a pretty good estimation of value. On the business side, I'm sure it's very, very different. Now, they may, the, the, the seller may not want to sell until they know roughly what it's worth, but valuing a business can be far more complicated, right? Like, How do you balance huge amounts of workflow with, with business valuation? So business valuation, definitely uh, my master's actually helps me at that time. I, because of my master's, I was able to, uh, I, I'm able to read the accounting, the profit and loss, the balance sheets and everything. A lot of people don't even know how to read that. And I'm able to read uh, the profit and loss, add back the, uh, the profit, add back those expenses that are basically, um, 
superfluous let's just say that let's go with let's go with that word less superfluous expenses and add them back and show the actual profit that are, that is coming up and then i have good reputation with my lenders i send the paperwork to them also and i have my own idea like okay i can sell this business for this much and i basically bounce that idea with them too and they confirm like how much loan amount they can do and that's from there we go with the valuation and so how much time would you say you generally spend valuing a business for uh, before you like list it and move forward with it? The time that I spend mostly is collecting the paperwork from the seller. Yeah. Uh, but once I have all the paperwork, it does not take me that much, that long. It takes me like maybe 30 minutes to come up with the valuation. So basically you're running the P&L, you're running the balance sheet, understanding what assets come with the sale, assessing yeah. multiples of that particular business. and Exactly. Yeah. So, so I've heard, you know, through the grapevine, let's say, from a lot of different people who like work in business stuff, they're like, sellers providing accurate financials is a really not straightforward thing, right? I mean, maybe they have two sets of books. Maybe they kind of do all this crazy stuff. Have you dealt with that? Like, how do you get to the real, like, financials? Remember I said that let's go with the superfluous word yeah. and that's that's where it comes in like everybody has two sets of books so when they have the when they have two sets of book it makes my job easy I don't look at the se- the second set I just look at the uh, the white set I don't look at the other set yeah. so the clean money that's where the money that I can see that money that uh, IRS can see I can use that only I cannot use the other set so if you if they have done that they've basically done themselves a disservice because now they cannot get any profit on that so uh, and the if they are using and trying to hide money like intelligently and you can do that there are like uh, government has actually given us those benefits that we can claim if you can use those then why not like depreciation is part of that if you can depreciate an asset and use like not pay taxes on that part why not and you can always add add back those depreciation into your profit and you can get the maximum amount of money that you can uh, sell for yeah what what is your vision for the next you know like long-term vision next five ten years so i have a so basically my vision for next five ten years is like um, many folds one side is uh, getting i'm buying uh, properties to invest and like hold them or invest them and that's kind of like creating my own wealth so i'm working on that just close on my third property this month uh, third property like overall just this month and uh, this week actually uh, it's a commercial property so getting into that and the other thing is obviously working towards the uh, Sacramento station of realtors presidency uh, ha- like it's already ratified now so 2025 I'll be the president that's one of the goals that I want that I wanted from when I got into real estate uh, after that I do want to get into the leadership at the California state level and then in my own business wise I want my name to be synonymous in Sacramento for commercial for business op sale basically Anybody uh, thinks about business opportunity, they should be thinking about me, nobody else. That's my definitely a big, hairy goal, but I think I can achieve that. And then I also want my team to be the one of the bi- biggest mega teams in California, at least the top 10 mega team. And given that, I mean, so far, your team's grown organically, 
a lot of your business comes organically. To capture that vision, do you continue to grow organic or do you plan on growing through marketing? Um, organically. Organic is the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let's talk about, I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're getting into leadership in these various aspects. How do you see that changing in the future as far as your production? I mean, obviously you're very involved in production right now. Do you see yourself always being involved or as you continue to scale, you see yourself scaling out of the, out of the production? So Sacramento, like I can be the president and then I'll probably fade away. Let's <laughs> just say that. Uh, I'll prop like right now I'm heavily involved over there. I'm like one of their top three, I would say what top three volunteers. I volunteer a lot of my time over there. Sometimes I joke about like, can I have a bed over here too? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how involved with, I am over there. But at the same time, um, once I became the pre- once I become the president, like after that, it will go down, scale down a lot less, and I will be able to focus more on commo- on my uh, on my own production at that time. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing that I see it might take get away a little down is, will be when I'm uh, when I focus on the state leadership. So, but that's probably like ten to fifteen years from now. Yeah. What What do you what, want to see yourself accomplish next twelve to eighteen months? Next twelve to eighteen months, um, surviving in this industry first of all. Right now, the market is really crazy. Um, the, a fact is that every year California sells around 480 to 490,000 houses. This year we might be closing around 200, uh, closing the year with 280,000 houses, and still we have 217,000 agents. That's like 1.25 house per agent. So surviving this year is definitely one of the biggest goals. And on top of that, I just, uh, I think I don't know if I mentioned that to you. I just merged my team with another team on in HomeSmart. And now we, instead of 14 agents, we are now 29 agents. So I, my next step for next 12 to 18 months is to make sure that those 29 agents I'm, should be getting the benefit of the team, that merge team merger. And we should be streamlining our processes and systems so that everybody can benefit from that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Breeze, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing about your life and your business. I love having a sneak peek into the commercial and biz op side. Um, for those of you out there listening, maybe you are considering uh, doing more than just residential. This can be a good learning opportunity. Um, if you're actually in the Sacramento area, contact Breeze. But either way, write down something you learned from today's episode and share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. Because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too. We'll be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 